0: Mark Anthony has spent more than three decades reporting on demolition and construction. He's written millions of words and produced tens of thousands of stories, but there are many stories that never made it into print. Tales from the unseen side of journalism. This is Beyond the Reporter's Notebook. Hi, and welcome back to the Beyond the Reporter's Notebook podcast. Um, me, Mark Anthony, your host. Got a couple of stories. Just want to say, welcome to my boudoir. Um, I'm actually staying away at the moment. I've been trying to get together um, some of these stories for the last few months, actually. Um, they're in my head, uh, but I've just not had the time to film them. But now I've got a bit of time in a hotel. So I thought I'd take, the, take advantage and bring those stories to you. Uh, if you are listening to this, uh, welcome to my boudoir, I won't mean anything, but I'm actually filming this and recording this in a hotel bedroom. So just ignore everything that went before if you're listening to this. So the story I wanted to share first off today is uh, basically an origin story. It's not how I came to be a journalist, although it does include some of the route to that. So um, probably worth saying from the outset, one of my father's uh, best friends when I was growing up, um, one of my dad's um, fishing friends, was a tax advisor to the very rich and the very wealthy. Um, he spent a long while living in the Cayman Islands as a tax advisor there, and uh, long since moved back to Guernsey. So this this guy knew his way around the tax system, and not, no great surprise, wealthy guy himself. Had a nice big house, um, drove a very nice car, generally drove Jaguars, which I was always very envious of as a kid. So fast forward to, I'm 14 years old. And I'm at school and I've been told that I need to go to see a careers advisor, which turns out my careers advisor back in the day was actually my business studies teacher, a lady by the name of Miss Elphick, probably in her 50s at the time, um, slightly odd looking woman, but very nice, you know, and, and I, I always thought she was had a bit of a soft spot for me, but anyway. I digress. So, invited to a careers evening, I go along to the careers evening, and Miss Elphick says to me, okay, Mark, what would you like to be in the future? And I said, well, I'd like to work with money. I'd like to be an accountant or a bank manager or something like that. And she said, why? I said, well, the way I figure it, if you work with money, you end up with a lot of money. She shook her head and said, take it from me. You are more in your skills are better suited to a life in advertising or journalism. And at the time, I remember thinking two things. I'm not entirely sure what journalism is. And this woman is clearly out of her out of her mind. We parted the ways. I went, finished school at 16, went off to college, studied business again, um, ended up going to work in the accounts department of a contract furnishing company in Wallington in Surrey. I was there for about a year, but from literally the, fir- the end of the first week, I knew this wasn't for me. Um, accountancy, frankly, wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Um, so I applied for a job with a publishing company. Now, this is back in the day. This would have been about 1980,
1: um,
0: 86, 85, 86. And at the time, the publishing industry in the UK was a union-closed shop. So before you could apply for a job actually at a publishing company, you needed to go and join the union, which I did. Uh, I went to a place called Soper House up in London. My father was already a member, joined the Natsopa union, ultimately got a job, effectively delivering the post within a publishing company. And then I, I fell on my feet. Um... I was in a lift pushing my little trolley of post around the building one day. Um, and there was an editor of a, a magazine. I'm fairly sure um, the magazine was called um, Computing or Your Computer or something like that. And he said, um, I mean, bearing in mind at the time, I'm probably 18, 19 years old, probably more like 18. And the editor, a guy called Gary Miles, said, you know, you're a young guy. Do you play video games and computer games? I said, yeah, not, not to any great degree, but I do. And he said, well, we've got this home computing magazine, but we've suddenly started to get an influx of games being sent to us by developers. And all of the guys that work on this magazine are actually sort of computer engineers. They haven't got the first clue about computer games. Could you come down, if I clear it with your boss in the post room, could you come down once a week, sit down, play games for a couple of days, and then sit down with one of our journalists and describe the game, the good, the bad, and, and the indifferent? I said, that sounds like a perfect gig for me. Um, and that's what we agreed, and my boss agreed to it. So, once a week, usually on a Thursday, I'd go down to his office and sit there and play video games for a couple of hours, and then sit down with one of the other um, journalists and, and explain what the game was about, the theme, and everything else, what I liked and what I didn't like. Been doing that for about six or seven weeks, um, and then I went and played one afternoon, and there was nobody else in the office apart from me and Gary Miles, the editor. So I stuck, stuck my head around the door and said, Gary, I, I don't know who to tell about this game. You know, do you want to take the notes? And he said, oh, you've been doing it long enough. Why don't you write it? Okay, that wasn't what we'd agreed, but okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. So I sat there, literally sort of two-finger typing on an old manual typewriter, handed it to him. Sure enough, it went into uh, a the next issue of that magazine. I had a byline. It, it was written by Mark Anthony, and I have to admit, got a bit of a buzz from that. Um... Gary was so taken with what I'd done. He actually sent me on a journalist training course, which is kind of how I ended up doing what I'm doing now. But just to give you an idea, um, the, people that, the other people that were on the training course um, were journalists from um, the Observer, from the Telegraph and from the Sunday Times. So I was in pretty good company. Fast forward. So I I end up leaving the post room. I go to work on a magazine called uh, Caterer and Hotel Keeper for a little while before applying for a job on the construction magazine, uh, sadly no longer with us, called Contract Journal. Um, Spent uh, maybe six months at Contract Journal and the magazine moved from its previous location to a new one over in, bizarrely, in Wallington, same place as my um, old contract furnishing job. So... By this point, I've got myself a company car. I'm suited and booted, and I'm working as a professional journalist. On my way into work one morning, um, I've walked from my company car in the car park, the company car park with my company car parking space, and there stood at the bus stop outside uh, what was called Carew House at the time was none other than Miss Elphick, the very woman that told me that I would end up pursuing a career in journalism. And I thought, this is too good an opportunity to miss. So I strolled up and I said, uh, Miss Elphick, because she was Miss Elphick, I don't suppose you remember me. And she she kind of squinted and she went, Mark Antony, which I thought was pretty impressive in the first place. Uh, I said, yeah, it is. I said, "Um, I don't know if you remember, but you told me that I would end up pursuing a career in journalism. Well, just to let you know, I'm on my way into that building there because that's where I work as a journalist. And at that point, I was expecting, I don't know, a hug or, wow, that's fantastic. And she just went, yeah, like she knew it all along, like it had been somehow prescribed. Um, But that's the story of how I came to be a journalist. Now... Just to let you know, I'm going to film and record three of these back to back uh, because I've got space and because I've got time um, and because I've got the camera to hand. I'm going to do three of these back to back. So if you see um, another two of these and I'm wearing the same T-shirt, please forgive me. I'm doing them all on the same night just to try and spread them out a bit. But that is uh, how I came to That's my, my route into journalism. And that has been Beyond the Reporter's Notebook. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening. Tune in next time for another tale from beyond the reporter's notebook.